0: Hey, this is Madeline. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Your Lucky You're Cute. Welcome to the show. Hi guys, happy Friday. I am riding solo this week because Madeline has a crazy busy week, and so I'm just gonna take this one for the team. Um, I guess we're getting some one-on-one time. I guess I'm trying to think of some updates that I have. I feel like my life honestly has been pretty like bland isn't necessarily the right word because it's not in a negative way, but it's been very like comfortable and like everyday has kind of been the same for the past few months. And honestly, it's kind of ironic considering that I'm about to like upend my entire life and like move out of my apartment, sell my things and backpack Asia for six months. So I guess I needed this more now more than ever. But yeah, I mean, I've just been buckling down, applying to some grad programs, um, doing a research study for one of the labs that I work at at NYU. And I've really just been kind of prioritizing my career. Especially considering that I'm about to, like, completely deprioritize my career, which, like, for sure makes me nervous. But I'm definitely a believer in, like, in your 20s, it is you are never going to have a more convenient time to travel or to make, like, a crazy decision like this or, like, what I would consider, like, a huge risk. I just graduated college. Like, I... You know, this is when most people are kind of really kickstarting their careers. And while I feel like I have been doing that since I graduated, I'm someone who's, you know, anxious about it, but okay putting that off entirely for another year because I'm never going to have as little responsibility and time and energy as I do right now to go do something crazy that I've always wanted to do you know like i'm not in a relationship i don't have kids obviously i don't have a full-time job that i i've only been at for 6 months and like i can't leave like i'm very lucky that right now i can do this so i'm doing it on that note i actually ordered myself a backpacking backpack on a cyber monday sale and i went to pick it up today so that's really exciting I'm kind of starting to collect the things that I want to bring with me and like figure out what those are. Um, for example, I bought some air tags, which I've never used before, to like put in my backpack and put like I also need to buy like a like a regular day-to-day backpack. Like I have a school backpack, but like I don't wanna I can't be carrying that thing around, you know? By the way, if absolutely anybody has any advice on like what to bring, what not to bring, like, please shoot it my way. I have never gone backpacking. I've been really lucky to, you know, grow up traveling internationally because of my parents and their work and just their personalities. Like they're such cool, adventurous people, but I've never backpacked and I've never been gone for this long. I think the longest trip I've ever gone on is like a month, a month and a half. And it's like, I've taken a suitcase. I haven't stayed in hostels, stuff like that. Like This is going to be an entirely new experience for me, which is exciting, but also really scary. I've been trying to do my research, like, I mean, let's be honest, like on TikTok, like about what to bring, what not to bring, what to plan, what not to plan, that kind of thing. But again, if you have any like insider tips, please, like, please tell me. So this is kind of like a shot in the dark for me. What else? I've also really been trying to just prioritize like, the people in my life. I mean, I'm about to (laughs) leave for six months and some people I'm going to see, like luckily Madeline's going to come visit me. We're going to go do this crazy um, motorcycle trip together in Vietnam, which is like so funny considering like if you look at us, we do not look like girls who would like, like we look like people who'd be really scared to get on the back of a motorcycle and we're going to go do that in Vietnam. So I'll see Madeline, and I think I'll see maybe a few of my other friends might come visit. But I know there are a lot of my friends who I probably won't see for six months, and so I, I am really trying to prioritize like social stuff, even though that honestly does not come naturally to me. Like I'm the kind of person who I enjoy spending most of my time alone. It's not that I don't love being with other people or anything, but I usually am like I'll see my friends twice a week, like all of my friends, not like each of them twice a week. Like I will have two social plans a week and I kind of like it that way. But I have been having so much fun prioritizing so my social life more. I went to Boston last weekend to visit Madeline and we had the best time. And then this weekend she's coming and my parents are coming. We're having like, it's like when your parents are like meeting your boyfriend for the first time, except it's Madeline and they already like her, like they already love her. So I honestly think it's gonna be so much fun. I'm so excited. We might go see the Rockettes, which I've never done before, but I'm not super sure. I'm just really excited to have like the people I love in New York around the holidays. That's just like the best vibe ever. I I've been doing some Christmas shopping. Today I bought some Christmas wrapping. I've been really searching for like a really cute one. Because I like keeping my Christmas wrapping consistent. And I just haven't found one that I really liked. But I went into papers paper source today on my way home from the gym. And I saw one in the window, like on my way, like as I was walking by it, and I was like, I need that one. Honestly, like if I showed a photo, you'd probably be like, Okay, that's literally nothing special. But it just caught my eye, and I think it's like cute and like elegant at the same time. And I have been getting some Christmas gifts for my little sister. Sadly, she is not going to come home for Christmas this year, which is like a little, like it's tragic, honestly, because we've never spent Christmas apart ever, like in life ever. But she has to work and, you know, she's 20. So I know as you get older, that's just kind of how it's going to go. Like sometimes someone's going to have work. Sometimes someone's going to spend the holidays with their boyfriend. Like it's just part of getting older, which is hard to accept, but I know that it's normal. Um, But I do want to kind of prioritize my gifts for her this year because, first of all, like she's my little sister. She's my baby. I love spoiling that girl. But also because she won't be home with us, I want to make sure that she has like gifts under her tree for a few weeks. So she, yeah, I just feel like it's nice. I'm not going to say what I got her because... (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I got my parents because I know that like if I tell them not to listen to this part, they won't. But I know that if I say my little sister's on here, she will keep listening even if I tell her to stop listening right now. But I have gotten a few for gifts already. I always struggle with what to get my parents because like what do you give people who birth you? Who get, You know what I mean? Like there's literally nothing sufficient that I could get them that ever expresses my love for them. And I know that that's like, I don't think that's necessarily what gifts for, should be about because I know it's like a whole lot of pressure and they don't want my little sister and I to feel that pressure. They Every year they're like, no, 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 don't give us gifts. Like, don't spend your money on us. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But I am going to do that anyways. <laughs> Zoe and I always give them gifts anyways. I was thinking that I was going to get my dad a like custom like recipe, I don't know, not like piece of art but like almost piece of art um he has like a a recipe that he's been making for us for breakfast since we were like kids and it's a really special thing to all of us and so I was thinking of getting him something that we could like um prop up in the kitchen or put it up it's really hard to describe what I'm trying to say and make it sound appealing but um (laughs) that's what I'm getting him or one of the things at least and then for my mom I was thinking of getting her like a a painted photo of the house that she grew up in or um, of my grandfather because he passed away this year and it was really hard for our our entire family. So I thought that might be a good gift. Like I said, I've been prioritizing my gifts for my little sister. So I need to like do some research on my parents' gifts like today. But that's that's the current plan. Um, Again... If you have any gift ideas for people who are hard to shop for, send them my way. DM us on Instagram, DM me personally on Instagram, whatever you got to do. I honestly think (laughs) that that is like all the updates I have. I wish that I had something more juicy to report on. I just don't. Like I said, life has been pretty like dull in a good way lately. So I guess I'll just get right into it. This week, I want to talk a little bit about rejection. This is something that I think, if I'm being honest, for a big chunk of my life, I kind of avoided and I didn't face too much of it. And I don't think that was a good thing in any capacity. Now that I'm older and I'm putting myself out there in ways that I didn't when I was younger and I am facing rejection I haven't built up the resiliency to know how to deal with it like someone who might have dealt with it more growing up or been more like open to risk I think might be a better way to put it and I'm not talking about rejection in like a a boy sense like a relationship sense I mean that's definitely one type of rejection but today i'm kind of focusing more on like career rejection and stuff like that so lately <laughs> i have been so tremendously humbled in a way that i've never been humbled before i mean i actually want to give a little basis first i guess or like small little background before this year when i think of rejection Really, the only major thing that comes to mind is applying to under, like to, to college, to undergraduate, um, and you know, I got into a great school. I got into my dream school. I wanted to go to NYU as my first choice, so I'm so happy about that. But I also got a crazy amount of rejections, rejections that I didn't even anticipate. And part of why this was so hard for me is. At this point in my life, I I have a lot more going on than just my career. I really enjoy like my hobbies and my social life and my family life and stuff like that, but in high school, and honestly in middle school too, I prioritized school over everything. I cared so much about getting perfect grades, about being the perfect student. Because I thought that that's what made me smart. I thought if I didn't get the grades, that made me stupid, which is could not be further from the truth. It, it like really is so far from the truth in more ways than I can even get into. But at the time, I felt this extreme anxiety to prove myself and to prove my value. And I think a lot of that stemmed from the fact that I was really shy growing up. I didn't have a lot of friends. In middle school and high school, I had two best friends who are still really good friends with me now. But I, you know, I never went to parties. I never, I was never really popular. I never hung out with people. I was really shy, really nervous. I couldn't even order for myself at restaurants until like high school, and I think that made me feel really insuffi- insufficient. I don't know. That's probably not the best way to put it, but I, I just didn't feel good about myself. But I always knew that the one thing I could do and the one thing that I could show for myself was my grades. And so I put so much pressure on myself for them to be perfect. And I did that partly with the goal of getting into a dream school. And, you know, I applied to, uh, like, I think I applied to like 10 or 11 schools. And I didn't expect to get into a lot of them. Um, you know I, apply, I applied to Stanford I, I most of the schools I applied to except for a singular safety school were had acceptance rates under 15 under 20 percent or under 15 under 10 percent um a lot of them were Ivy League schools and I got rejected from most of these schools and it was so hard for me because I I felt like I had a great great grades I was part of this like thesis program I had great internships I was a captain of the soccer team. I was captain of the dance team. I I really felt shocked and like destroyed that I didn't get into more of these schools, even though the one that I wanted to get into the most I got into, that didn't matter to me at the time. I was like, wow, nothing I did was ever worth it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I handled it so hard. And what made it worse is I got into some great schools for sure. I did not get into my safety school. Like I got into NYU. I didn't get into Fordham, which was my safety school. There are lots of reasons that explain this. Like I talked to my college counselor about it and stuff, but I didn't even get waitlisted at my safety school. And I was absolutely devastated. I thought this was like surefire. I was honestly shocked. And my entire like, I had a huge ego death, (laughs) Um, and I think that was the first time that I I ever faced rejection in a major capacity, and I, I never anticipated it, so then, you know, I go through college, again, I don't face too much rejection in college, there's some things for sure, like, there's some internships I wanted that maybe I had a few interviews and didn't get it, normal disappointments, but... I kind of felt, again, free of rejection in many ways. And, you know, in the same way, I really prioritized school. I got really good grades. I had internships and stuff. And then I graduated from NYU. And I think that if I'm being completely honest, there's this sense of, I don't know how to put this, but... I felt like because I had really good grades, that would save me from rejection, that that was preventatory. And I it wasn't, I mean, I knew I was going to have to maybe deal with it a little bit, but I didn't realize how much the world would humble me. And I just want to say it's been horrible, to be completely honest with you, it's been horrible and humbling and just like sad, but it's also been one of the best things that I could ever want for myself and something that I know is going to serve me in the long run. So the first thing that happened recently is after I graduated from undergrad, I was giving a lot of thought to what to do after, obviously. I had you know, two jobs lined up at psychology labs. But that's not something that I do forever. That's kind of a stepping stone to getting a PhD or getting a master's. Like, and I I honestly was not sure if I was ready to commit to either of those paths. But after working in a research setting for six months or so, actually for probably four months or so, I decided that I, it gave me more confidence in the fact that I love research and I love psychology research and I would love to get to explore my own research questions. And so I decided to apply to PhD programs, which is a huge undertaking. Um, psychology PhD programs are so, so, so competitive. Some of them only accept one person, two people a year, if they accept anybody. And you know, so I made this list of programs that I was interested in. Programs that had, or schools that had, really good social psychology programs, uh, researchers I wanted to work with, whose work that I really admired, and I made a meeting with one of my bosses. Um, this woman is a psychologist. She's like one of the coolest people I've ever met. I have so much respect and admiration for her. I, I like, she's a role model to me, and she's such a sweet kind of person as well. And so I made a meeting with her to talk about the grad programs I wanted to apply to and she was really, really awesome and was like, yeah, look, I'd love to give you some insight into everyone in the field, tell you who's a good mentor, who's not a good mentor, programs that are great, programs that aren't great. So I go into this meeting, like bright eyed, bushy tailed, so excited. I'm like, let's do this shit. She takes a a look at my list, which in a very me fashion is like Yale, Stanford, Stanford, UCLA, Cornell, you know, those kinds of schools. And she goes, you're not going to get into these schools. <laughs> and she suggests that I apply to SUNY Buffalo, not not just SUNY, but SUNY Buffalo. And there were a bunch of really brutal things, as she said to me in this meeting, <laughs> and, and none of which are like wrong of her to do. Like she was a hundred percent honest with me and I appreciate that more than I can even express because, you know, she knows better than anybody. And I sat there in this meeting, like on the verge of tears, right? But like, I'm like, I'm pr- like praying to God. Like, I'm like, please don't let me cry. Please don't let me cry. Please. Please. I'm smiling. I'm saying, thank you so much. Like, I really appreciate that. And on the inside, I'm like, holy shit, I need to go to the bathroom and sob for the next half an hour. Right. And I do. Like, I leave that meeting and I go and I just start bawling. I call my mom. I'm crying on the side of the New York street in a very, you know, me fashion again. And I was crushed. I mean, I honestly felt like, again, it was like it brought back every feeling that I had when I was in high school that nothing I did was good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't capable. And then I thought about it and I thought about what she had said to me and what she had not said to me. She didn't say you're not capable. She didn't say you can't do it. She didn't say this isn't the right field for you. She said, look, right now, you don't have enough experience. She said the people applying to these PhD programs are mostly older than you. They probably have years of experience outside of college working as a lab manager. They probably have multiple publications. I don't have any of those things. And while it totally derailed my plans, I'm really, really, really grateful that she told me a lot of good has come from it. And I'm going to explain what good has come from it after I tell the whole story of my recent ego death. What's the next thing? So many things. So the next thing is I decide to switch um, paths a little bit. And instead of applying to PhD programs, apply to master's programs that may help me gain experience for when I do want to go get my PhD. And my other lab manager, my or not manager, I guess, like principal investigator, professor, psychologist, whatever we want to call him, who's also an incredibly smart, cool, like talented, crazy brilliant guy. He reads my statement of purpose for the schools that I applied to. And, you know, I I hadn't spent that long working on this paper this statement of purpose, but I don't know how to write a statement of purpose. I don't know how to write an academic one where I'm describing just research. Like, I don't really think undergrad prepared me for that as much as I I might have expected. So even though I didn't spend like a crazy amount of time working on it, it was something that I'd spent enough time working on it that I had felt confident in it. I sent it to him, he butchers it. He says things like, I wouldn't be excited about this candidate or you sound like you're trying to decide where to go on holiday or like in all caps, weak, weak, weak about statements. And I look at it and I I was just like, holy crap, like can the world stop humbling me? Like here I was thinking I wrote a great statement of purpose. But again, he was right. He may not have had the softest way of saying it, but I honestly appreciate that. And it was also hilarious on one hand (laughs) Um, like he kind of roasted me a little bit and he had every right to and I made my statement of purpose better it afterwards it was so much better I can't even believe I was going to turn in the first one like the second one was strong other people read it they said it was great it's impressive it's it he helped me so much by being honest with me and brutal with me and by not just praising me that, like, I, I definitely see that kind of as a rejection. And I'm so much better off for it. Um, the last thing that happened recently, and I know I've had a lot going on, you know, like, I just graduated from college, so I'm definitely, like, trying to explore every avenue of things that I might be interested in for the, in the long term. And one of those things that I applied to this job that I... I I kind of, I found out about it pretty recently and I really, really wanted this job. Um, and I, I got pretty far into the process and I got rejected. And this one hit me really hard. I think I just really worked myself up about what my life would look like with this job. And afterwards I was like, oh my God, everything I've tried recently has been a complete and utter failure. Every path I have walked down in the last four months, I have been shot down in some capacity. And again, I call my mom on the side of the street crying, right? I call my dad on the side of the street crying. I call my little sister on the side of the street crying. I probably called Madeline crying. And then I, I felt like shit for a day. And the next day I woke up and I felt really motivated Like I woke up and I was like, oh my God, this actually opens so many more doors for me than it closes. In all of these circumstances, I mean, except for maybe the statement of purpose one, because that was a pretty minor example, but when I got rejected from this job, when I got told that I, I didn't have enough experience yet to apply to PhD programs, that opened up so many options for me to go and get more experience. I started thinking, wait, why am I just thinking about... This kind of job. Why am I just thinking about this kind of um, graduate program? Wait, like I like this too. And I like this other thing too. And let me apply to master's programs in England. Let me apply to apply to master's programs that are in politics or in like other things that I've always been interested in and never explored. And I, you know, <laughs> I was really hoping for an easy yes, an easy, like this is what your life is supposed to look like. This is what path you're on answer from that job and that teacher i think that was a lot of the appeal for me is i felt like it would give me an answer on what i was supposed to be doing with my life and while that's totally understandable and i i get why i felt that way and i still feel that way to some in some capacity it's also a major cop-out and it's a major like It's not the kind of risk I want to be taking. I, I don't want to close myself up up to options at this stage in my life. I want to open myself up to them. And while this has done it in the most humbling way possible, truly, I feel really motivated to become more experienced, become experienced enough for this job and this program if I still want it in the future. I feel motivated to... like look at other options that I haven't considered and to not just jump into a life that I'm not a hundred percent sure about yet that I don't have enough information about to know if I really want it. and you know if I for example even if I got this job I might have not been able to go backpacking anymore and I'm really really grateful that I'm still going. It's going to be stressful. I honestly think I might have a full-on panic attack. Like, I really think I might really struggle and be depressed for the first month. But I know that no matter how this goes, I'm going to be changed for the better after, and I'm going to have experiences that change my life for the better. And I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be more resilient, more independent, and I'm going to learn what's important to me. I mean, I, I think I have a good handle on what's important to me, but. I think this is really going to solidify things and give me even more information and more insight. Um, And I really think that in your entire life, but especially in your 20s, it's so important to experience rejection because you learn so much from rejection, almost more than you learn from acceptance, like way more than you learn from acceptance. And a lot of times for the things that are truly meaningful and actually matter in life, especially like in the context of your career, it is going to take a lot of rejection before you get to that end point. And honestly, if you didn't experience rejection, it wouldn't be nearly as satisfying. Like when I, If I still want that job and if I still want to get in those programs, when I get there, I'm going to know that I deserve it. I'm going to know that I worked hard for it. That I'm experienced enough for it and I'm gonna feel really proud. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel prepared, honestly. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I don't think I would have felt prepared for either of those things right now. I would have felt anxious, I would have felt not ready. So take as many risks as you can right now. Stack up those rejections because it might take you a hundred rejections. To get to that success or that acceptance, but at least for me, I'd rather get those a hundred out as quickly as I can because the quicker I get rejections, the quicker I'll get the acceptance. and so i'm honestly I'm honestly excited. It's not gonna hurt any less every time I get rejected, but I know that I'll be okay, and I know I'll be better for it. So that is my. A little spiel of the day. And I hope that you guys took something away from this and it's not too preachy. <laughs> um, but really, like, I just feel like I've learned so much from this, like, ego death. That's how I describe it. These humbling experiences. And yeah, I think that there's something to be learned about it. And I hope that you guys have the best weekend ever. As a little reminder, we are doing a giveaway since this is the end of our first season on this podcast, which has been like an incredible experience. And we are so grateful for everyone who has ever listened to our podcast. If this is your first episode, we are so grateful for you. If this is your 40th episode, so grateful for you. And yeah, we want to do something nice for those of you who are our top listeners. Um, So please follow us on Instagram for the giveaway details. We have already posted some information, and there's also more that is going to be going up this week. So super exciting. Stay tuned. And, yeah, bye, guys. (laughs)